The recording that you're about to listen to is a talk from the City Bible Forum. We would appreciate you respecting our copyright by not making copies of this talk or altering the content in any way. We hope that you find the material beneficial. If you would like more information on the City Bible Forum, you can visit us on the web at citybibleforum.org. Thank you for coming to the City Bible Forum in the second of our monthly panels. We're very much looking forward to today's discussion. Uh, my role is simply to introduce our moderator here to my left and then he will do the rest of the introductions. The moderator is Ross Clifford. Ross is currently the principal of Morling Baptist College and uh, prior to that he was a solicitor and barrister. So maybe somewhat of the ilk of Geoffrey Robertson. We'll soon find out. But uh, thank you, uh, Ross, for taking on this role and we look forward to uh, the panel. Uh, thank you, Peter, and uh, welcome to the panel. John Gray is a well-known uh, spiritist. Uh, he is a man who has his own uh, healing centre and John is a Reiki master and also communicates with Ascended Masters and John, it's good to have you with us today. Uh, Peter Fitzsimons, of course, is known as a journalist, an author, TV, radio, uh, new book out, Peter, Batavia um, and available in the bookshops, uh, Kakoda and the like and uh, I think fair to say a acknowledged atheist. Of course. Yeah, of course, thank you. And Peter Bolt. You could say sensible. <laughs> sensible. <laughs> and uh, Peter Bolt is the head of the New Testament department at um, Moore College. He has a book out there, uh, Living with the Underworld, and uh, many other books. So uh, thank you, panel, for coming. Great to have you with us. And let me start by beginning that uh, when Michael Hutchins died, Jimmy Barnes wrote an open letter to Michael and to us all. And Jimmy Barnes wrote that, uh, I look forward to meeting you on the other side where we can share tales and new adventures. John Gray, fair comment, and if so, why? Absolutely. I'm sure he's looking forward to it, as we all are. Um, our basic ethos is that the other side is actually our home. That's where we come from. We are, we are primarily spiritual beings and we are having a, an existence on this earth again for whatever period of time we're supposed to be here. So absolutely, certainly we'll meet him on the other side. And how do, you, how do you know that? How do I know that? By many, many um, documented communications with the other side, by many, not only myself, but many of my friends, some are in the audience today, over many, many, many decades and even hundreds of years. So broadly there is somewhere up there above us there is a heaven and that would be a Christian heaven and down there there's a hell and that would be Don't a... Don't tell the Muslims that. But is, it, is, it broad, is that the way it broadly works? Broadly, just so as I understand where yeah, you're... Yeah, it's the, it's, it's, the, it's the universe. It's, it's so but broadly there's a Christian yes. heaven so that if you're a good Christian you well, go no, to this... No, 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 I'm interested, I'm interested just so but I know... But John's not a Christian in that context. John's coming from a more new age perspective. So, right. John, you might describe what it is for you. What, what new age is? No, no, what, what, what heaven is for you, what this dimension is, looks like on the other side. I, I'm not sure what it's looked like because we don't, I mean, unless we've had first-hand experience in, in this particular lifetime and have come back, like many people have done, um, I'm not, I, I can't personally say what it looks like on the other side. But we exist in a number of dimensions. We're not just this physical... Uh, flesh and blood thing here. We're a, we're a spiritual being that there is a spiritual energy that drives us. 
Okay. The truth being that you assert that, but yes. your evidence for it is completely zero with respect. And can I, can I just add, I was just looking, somebody sent me this this morning, I think it well summarises. I, I really want to do well in this debate. I don't particularly want to offend anybody, but, but not particularly, if I do, so bad. But, but <laughs> that doesn't particularly bother me. But I, there, was a, there is a professor in the uh, University of Vermont, Professor Nick Gatelli, and this sums up, this is why I'm not sure this is going to work. He said, academic debate on controversial topics is fine but those topics need to have a basis in reality. I would not invite a creationist to a debate on campus for the same reason that I would not invite an alchemist, a flat earther, an astrologer, a psychic or a holocaust revisionist. These ideas have no scientific support and that is why they have all been discarded by credible scholars. Creation, creationism is in the same category and that's broadly my view. I'd like to have a nice chat about it but I would love to believe, I would love to believe that when my time comes I'll float off to some nice ethereal place. But the truth of it is there is zero evidence for that. It's a very easy message to sell and gullible people will take it on board. Okay, Peter, let me go to Peter Bolt because uh, do you agree with Jimmy Barnes' statement there is something beyond this life, there is a crossing over and taking up Peter Fitzsimon's response, well, what basis for that? Well, I'm not sure about Jim, Jimmy Barnes' song. I like his music and I've, I've sung some of them myself, but you know, I don't know about that one. Uh, certainly, there's something beyond. Um, uh, in terms of the, the evidence base for it, the, what uh, the Christian gospel proclaimed, of course, which is, is no new news, it's proclaimed for years that the evidence base is two very significant events in the first century of our era, the death of Jesus Christ and the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the grave th uh, three days later. Um, the, uh, as best we can get the dates of it, the, um, the uh, death of Christ occurred on the 3rd of April in our year 33 and the resurrection of Christ occurred on the 5th of April, AD 33. They are the two foundation and fundamental events of the Christian proclamation and those two events are attached to, to those events are attached some promises from God saying that because Jesus had died for us Forgiveness of sins is available for us, which means we can stand before God as our judge, forgiven. And because Jesus Christ rose again from the dead for us, uh, the victory over death is also promised to us because of that. So in your, your structure, there is this heaven, and if you're a Christian, you go. Is that broadly it? What about, what about if I was a child born in... in uh, uh, Saudi Arabia, and I was raised as... An, any entrance for me? Uh, well, you're not. So I can no, but it's not hypothetically. <laughs> in, your, in your system, your yeah. system, God created this earth yeah. and all these people and it has to be said all these religions, but he also had it that you could only be in the Christian tribe to get into his heaven. It seems a very strange thing for God to have done. Well, um, you, you asked me about evidence and I've given you where the evidence lies. Okay, so you know, that's, a, that's a solid event um, that, that um, is at the core of the Christian message. Now, because, because of that... You know what you're saying. People need to hear about Jesus Christ because those two events are foundational. Okay, and e ever since the beginning, Christians have been talking to people about that. So God can do whatever He wants to do in His freedom, and there are, you know, He, he can work, work it over. But the normal way is for people to hear about Jesus Christ and respond to that okay, message. Okay. So if you're a five-year-old child in Saudi Arabia and you don't look left and you don't look right and you're killed by a bus at the age of five. You know heaven for you. Because you is, that, is that your system? Seriously. No, what, I'd, what I'd say to answer you is, is to say I would know that because of, Jesus, uh, because of Jesus I know God is a loving God 
and he will do the right thing. I don't know. I'm not here to arbitrate on one or the other. Uh, just, just remember, you can SMS your questions, please. We'd love to have your questions. Uh, this is hearing you, so you interact. So please SMS your questions and we'll take them. So the quicker the better if you SMS, and I think the details are there up on the screen. Peter Fitzsimons, yes. what evidence would you need, therefore, to believe there's a crossing over, there's life after death? Well, I'd need, I'd need the same as everything else. I would love to believe that my late parents will be waiting for me when I die. I'd, I'd love to believe that. I suspect not. I'd love to see my late brother again. I have, there is no evidence for it whatsoever. And I mean, you say that's the foundation of the Christian church. And I think that that, you know, 50 years ago, 100 years ago, when we were all in tight little tribes and we never visited other tribes, we could believe that. For, the, for me, the first time, the first time it sort of awakened in me for what it was worth, I was playing rugby in France, particularly, and I went on a trip down to Gibraltar and I crossed over to Morocco. So I was across the Straits of Gibraltar and for the first time I was surrounded by Islamic people. And I, for what it's worth, that was the first time it popped into my head the absolute absurdity of the notion that a child that was raised in Spain... Right. No, no, hang on. The absolute transparent nonsense that a child that was raised in Spain who believes all the Christianity and everything that they're inculcated with has got the right and the true God and the child that's born 15 kilometres across the strait uh, goes nowhere. I mean, that was the first time it awakened me and I suppose that's what got me interested in it since. And there'll be people here I'm offending and I'm not sure who I'm misquoting when I'm saying this, but somebody, Michael Shermer, I think it was, said, you and I are basically the same. There have been 10,000 gods invented by man since the beginning of time that have been worshipped by God. You, well, you have rejected 9,999 of them as complete nonsense. I just checked, I'm within one of you. We're practically the same. So you look at all the religions, all the gods, and you say, my God is the true God, the one God. 9,999, complete nonsense. All I'm doing is I'm saying, I've just gone one step further. You you reject them as transparent nonsense. I reject them all as transparent nonsense. Uh, We'll go over to Peter Volta again. Peter, why does God make the evidence so hard to find? What is the point? Why does God make the evidence so hard to find? Well, um, who for? I mean, this... this, uh, this, um, uh, I mean, certainly, certainly, people in this room have now heard some of the evidence, and so that's easy. The Christian Church has been pro- proclaiming this for centuries. Um, why does He make it so hard to find? Well, I, I guess the way that God communicates, he, he became a man amongst us in, the, in Jesus Christ, and then He communicates in the same way through normal human processes of talking one to the other. Um, now, why he's chosen to do that, in a sense, there's a lot of positive things about that. He comes to us in a human form that we know, uh, just like other um, pieces of evidence in history come to us through reports of other human beings. So we pick up on the message of Jesus Christ like that. Now, the, we, we, you must also admit uh, that the Christian church from the beginning, from the beginning, that is 33 AD, when Jesus died on the cross and rose again from the dead, Christians have been feeling the need to tell other people and going out and doing so. And we haven't stopped that. So we recognise too the need to get this message out to others because God has made himself known clearly in Jesus Christ but that needs to be heard and proclaimed to others. I'd just like to go to John Graham for a moment to give John a go here. Uh, John, uh, evidence for you is probably a different thing coming from what is loosely called New Age. but. Yeah. You communicate with ascended masters. I mean, is this part of what you see as evidence for life beyond death? Uh, we, we can communicate with anybody on the other side, in actual fact. 
and, and many people do. Many people amongst my friends, a couple in the audience today, very strong communicators with people on the other side. How can you otherwise explain uh, some of the messages you see psychics giving that, to people that only that person would know the answer to? It can't, it, that's an evidence to my, to my way of thinking. Two points. There is that well-known charlatan, Jonathan Edwards, who does crossing over, which a total, total nonsense. Do you think really if God wanted my parents to communicate with me, he'd make me pay $117.50 at the entertainment centre to do it? Or do you think he'd do it in a different fashion? That is pure snake oil salesman, that kind of stuff. It's been going on for perpetuity where people take money from people, from seriously gullible people, to say, I'll be, I can talk to you, I can talk to your father or your mother. It is a transparent nonsense. And when you say, I have evidence... Oh, well, it's not opinion, it's just it's opinion. straight common sense. The other, the, but it, actually, I have, written, I have written upon it. And if you, you Google, if you Google it, if you Google it, he has been totally exposed as complete charlatanism. And when you say, I have got evidence, and you refer to your evidence, respectfully, it is only an assertion. It is written in a book 2,000 years ago, fair, fair enough, and all the rest. It's not going to pass the evidentiary weight of a scientist or a, or a you know, lawyer or whatever. It's not. It's an assertion. It's a very, very colourful story, and I love the basic value do unto others as you would have them do unto you. I believe if, we all if you embrace that value and live your life by that value, you can sleep in on Sunday mornings and not have to live with mumbo-jumbo. Well, let's ask Peter. I mean, is it that sort of... Uh, kind of evidence that uh, Peter was saying just doesn't hold up and it's kind of a mythology that works for you. I also hate, I also hate mumbo-jumbo on Sunday morning. So that, uh, <laughs> um, well, the thing, is about, the thing about evidence is, of course, in order to test it, you have to test it with the right tools. And so a scientist can't test claims of history because you can't put the history in a, in a test tube or repeat it. So the sort of scientific method uh, that that goes on in a laboratory you can't apply to questions of history. A lawyer might be closer to it because a lawyer is used to weighing up evidence that comes in human life and uh, it's you know, all very well to say you know, it's a book written 2,000 years ago. Well, in fact, if the events occurred 2,000 years ago, that's when you'd expect the eyewitness reports to be written and so that's actually no, no problem for me saying that. Um, and of course, a historian wants to weigh up what the actual things, what the, what the eyewitness reports were, what I was saying, um, what the circumstances of life were at the time. There's all kinds of ways that you go through weighing up historical records. Um, and of course, if that's the evidence that's there, um, I mean, I saw someone the other day on climate change saying that there's a difference between a climate sceptic and a climate denier because a, a sceptic is, is you know, doubtful about the evidence but willing to inquire into it but a, a climate change denialist refuses to look at the evidence that's there. And it's the same sort of thing with, with what, what we're claiming here, what I'm claiming here. That the, okay. yeah. Let me take up another point. Uh, Peter, you wrote in the, uh, on the uh, Sunday uh, Sun-Herald that uh, you know, the uh, Nelson surveys and the like showing 56% of Australians yeah. believe in heaven and something like 37... Oh, I, said what I, said. I was quoting The Good Weekend and it was something yeah. about 56% of Australians believe in heaven, 42% believe in hell... 35 believe in witchcraft, 25% believe in spiritual healing. Um, and I said, should these, should, should these people be allowed to vote? And, and, and it's true. I mean, you believe in devil, you believe in God, you believe in witches. Please, this is the 21st century. Okay, let's, let's Absolutely. Go to, let's and can go I start? Peter, we'll come back to John. Okay. But let's go to Peter if we can. I mean, if there's a heaven, if there's a hell, is there a hell, and, and is there a devil, and, and should you be entitled to vote? <laughs> All of the above. 
<laughs> well, it's inter an interesting argument because uh, does that mean anything in the 21st century is better or more superior or righter than things that have happened in previous centuries? I'm sure that would be a hard argument to explain. Just to say this is the 21st century really doesn't tell us much at all. Um, it's, I guess it's trying to say that... that uh, now, if, if to, to take you back to my, or to take us back to my uh, two foundational facts, Jesus died for us, rose again from the dead for us, so that we can have forgiveness of sins, and so that we can know that victory over life, victory over death is ours. If that's anchored in the first century, then that's always going to be out of out of date, because that's when the events happened. Uh, just like any other history, you know, just because we're in the 21st century doesn't change the fact that something happened in the 19th century, okay, 16th but, but, century. But is there a devil and is there a hell and, and if so, um, I mean, does that well, coexist with heaven? Sorry, sorry? Is that essential with there being a heaven, a devil, a hell? Well, uh, again, those central facts about Jesus Christ help us to see who he was, that he was uh, God the Son manifested as a human being and all kinds of other things follow from that. He spoke most strongly about there being a devil. And so it doesn't strike you as staggeringly simplistic, this notion that we've got heaven up here where the tulips grow and hell down there where, where it's hell and coal and brimstone and all that and if you're very, very good, the alpha male that lives above the clouds who's watching everything we do, who's noting it all okay. down. I mean, it's so childish. Well, Peter, we better, well, better ask you that, that is actually Peter's caricature of yeah, heaven. It's yeah, your caricature of heaven. That isn't Peter Bolt's caricature of heaven. That picture is, is very childish. I say that with respect. So, yeah, I didn't mean to no, do it. I say with respect, that is very childish. <laughs> <laughs> and it's interesting that the Bible itself doesn't, I mean, it does use sort of picture language for things, okay, but it doesn't actually describe much about what uh, heaven or hell is like, except it does, in we're talking about the afterlife in terms of the positive side, it talks about the renovation of all things the restoration of all things, the kingdom of God where the oppression and bloodthirsty regimes of human powers are no longer in power. It's like, oh, there's a whole range of ways it's described. Sometimes much more concrete and like the world we're in, other times using imagery. But um, I, don't, I don't know whether the Bible talks about the tulips growing upstairs. You know, well, well, let's get to John. I mean, John, uh, from a New Age type perspective, I mean, is there, is there evil? Is there a devil? I mean, is there a hell? Um... I very cheekingly say that hell is sometimes a figment of religious manipulation, but I'm not sure if that's totally true. I don't know. I know there's a lot of negativity out there. I know there's a lot of negative energies, um, and we experience this quite often. Um, th as I say, there is, another, there is the other side. There has to be, because my first point is why would we have one existence? Maybe that's all we have. That's all there is. doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But what I want to say is that... If we just simply are concerned with this physical being we have and that there's nothing else, that nothing drives us, there's no energy, and we feel energies every day. If we tune into them, we understand them. It's easy to hide behind the idea that we're just a physical body and that's it, we disappear, we disappear into the dust. How can you explain all the paranormal experiences that are going on in the world today? More and more and more. And some of my friends here will tell you we're having them every single day. And I would put it to everybody in this audience, you've all had an experience of some sort that you can't explain. The Bible can't explain it. How do you know you've had a connection with somebody and you can't explain it? Everybody has them. Uh, Peter, uh, we have a question that kind of flows in from that question. I mean, John's talking about evidence for the afterlife, experience of the afterlife and paranormal. Uh, I mean, how do you explain 
the paranormal and people's experiences of the paranormal. There are, there are plenty of people out there who've spotted UFOs. There are plenty of people out there. There are more people that have spotted UFOs and that kind of stuff than have claimed to have had saint-like miraculous experiences. You know, it, it is... There are, since the beginning of times, there are things that happen that I can't explain, you can't explain, and the truth of the answer is I don't know. The other one that I love, Somerset Maugham, and Somerset Maugham, it's a great line in his book, Summing Up, and he, he says it's such a good line that I actually wrote it down. You just bear with me for two seconds, I'll find it, because again, it sums it up. See, I did come prepared. Here we go. They come from Somerset Maugham in his wonderful book, The Summing Up. The religions that men have accepted are but blind alleys cut into an impenetrable jungle and none of them leads to the heart of the great mystery. It's a colossal mystery. I don't know what it's all about. Mankind, womankind, has never known what it's all about. What we do is we take our machete and we carve into the jungle and we say, we, we theorise and say this is the way it's worked and that becomes an organised religion. None of them lead to the heart of it and you know, if it gives people spiritual nourishment, I say good luck to you. But it is nevertheless a transparent nonsense. Okay, your, your, another question. In your, new, your, your, in your new book, you talk about evil. It's based in some sense about now evil. You've got my attention. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, how do you judge that is evil? Make any money out of that, by the way. <laughs> I mean, so how do you judge that is evil? Uh, I mean, I mean, you you, did I you know, call that demonic? I know, I know. I am a, I am a very strong atheist, and my children are more or less atheists. I think, except my daughter, um, but who's Nick's goddaughter? Uh, my friend Nick Far Jones up the back, who's a very strong Christian. Uh, but, but. I know that to, let's just say, the worst example, to kill a child, let's say, okay? Mm -hmm. I know that that is wrong and my children will know that's wrong and my children's children's children, if they're atheists, will still know it's wrong. How do you know? But how do you know that they won't? I mean, you know, I'm, I'm saying there is, there are moral values that I've, I've got from my family of what is right and what is wrong and from the wider community around me. I think in the Western, I think in the Western world, Australia is one of the most atheistic nations um, in terms of church-going people. And yet we're as moral as any other society. If you look at, you know, look at what's ha been happening in the Catholic Church that's been exposed in the last little while. You know, that, the fellow, the Cardinal... Uh, what's his name? Cardinal Bernard Law. Read Mike Carlton in the Sydney Morning Herald. If you Google it, okay, the guy that, that, that presided over pedophile priests moving from parish to parish to parish, there's some question if he was in the United States right now whether he'd be arrested or not. Where is he? He's in the Vatican. Okay? So there is, there is right in the very heart of organised church a demonic force, a, an evil, evil thing which is pedophilia and that's been flourishing right there in the heart of the Catholic Church for ages and now the law in Ireland, in America, in other places is catching up with it saying this can't happen. Well, we've got another question on that line. If there is no God, and I guess that's connected to crossing over, why should we expect people to behave morally? If this life is all there is and there's no sense because of eternal... Because you get to the line from... Was it Sting? I hope the Russians love their children too. I love my children. You all love your children. I, I teach my children to do the right thing. You teach your children to do the right thing. You don't... It's not that religion... It's not that the religion has a mortgage on doing the right thing and the wrong thing. As I, as I made that point then, and I absolutely mean it, if we can establish, if we can accept the truth of it, the pedophilia, in, in very limited part, but it has flourished within certain parts of the Catholic Church for centuries, okay, it's not therefore that being right in the very heart of a religion, bad things don't happen. It's interesting you use the language that, um, it's interesting you use the language that there you've got the demonic right in the heart of organised religion because that, that reminds me of when Jesus arrived he went into the synagogue and found demonic there as well. And this is a, was a sign of, of, of how bad our state of life has got. 
Um, it's, 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 you know, organised religion, whatever that might mean, means a lot to, lot, lot to all of us. I think uh, the, the key thing for me is to think about Jesus Christ and that event of dying on the cross and rising again from the dead and what that means. Now, lots of people have got it wrong. Lots of people have missed the point, but what it's saying is we have a serious problem, demonic at its core, is to use your language. Um, but the way, to, the, 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 what God has done to fix that up is through through okay, coming. Let and, me come back because Peter, you've made Jesus and his death and resurrection central here. So let me ask both John and Peter. I mean, have they looked at the claims of Jesus and do they see the same sort of centrality that Peter's talking about? Uh, yeah, we, we don't see Jesus. Of course, Jesus was here. That's historical fact, and, and what an incredible. Um, first of all, incredible human being he was, but he also he was a Christ in spirit. Yes, we know that. And he did some wonderful work and he, and he looked what he led uh, society into, probably one of the most incredible um, human beings that ever walked the planet, let alone his spiritual connection. And I can tell you that, <laughs> a lot of people are not going to believe it, but we connect with Jesus ourselves. And when we're bringing through ascended masters, or, of which Jesus is one of them, um, or the, the divine spirit or any of the spirit realms that we tune into, uh, we accept their... Um, so where do you read about Jesus? Yes. In the Bible or do you read in your own books? Or? I think most of it. I, I grew up an Anglican originally mm. and so uh, I guess whether you, whether you grow up in Christianity mm. or you don't, certainly in a Western mm. society you're well aware of do Jesus. Do text your questions too please. Do text. You ask have I done my time? Yes I have and I can tell you that at the chapel at Knox Grammar School I have so done my time that I can tell you from the bottom to the top is 232 bricks and from the right <laughs> to the left is 167. Yes I have done my time in Sunday school, in chapels and all the rest and I can see occasionally and I do, I, I try to stop myself from saying things like nonsense and so forth because some people do find it offensive and I can see some some people think, mm, that's too hard. Can I, can I ask you this, for those that are really right into it? The, for, let, let you that have serious Christian beliefs and are offended by what I say, you subscribe broadly to a belief system which is that people like me that don't believe, not only don't believe a word of it, but actually say it out loud, this is a total nonsense. You subscribe to a belief system which says that not only will I spend my life burning in hell, but I deserve to spend my life burning in hell. So you subscribe to a belief system which is not really respecting me and people like me. You're saying that person over there deserves to burn in hell for all eternity. Why then should I treat your belief system with elaborate respect and say, what, you believe there's an alpha male up above the stars, up above the clouds that's watching everybody and doing everything? Oh, oh, okay. I mean, I, so if you are offended, I don't mean to personally offend you, but is it not a fair question? Okay. Why, fair why I should treat your system fair with elaborate question. respect when you don't respect mine? Fair question. Answer. Okay. I don't know whether I can speak for everyone in the crowd because I can't, but you keep on worrying about people that you're offending people. I haven't, been, I, I haven't, felt, <laughs> well, I haven't felt offended at all because, in fact, here we are inquiring about one of the most serious issues of life. Uh, you know, death is one of the biggest, the biggest problem in human life and whether there's something beyond it must be one of the most serious questions to ask about and, I, and I'm, we're exploring it together. I, I don't feel offended at all. Um, I can certainly recognise in your statement, uh, if it was like that, that there, there would be cause to be, be offended by what I'm saying. Okay? But the, the classic description of a Christian telling an, uh, uh, someone who's not a Christian about the Christian message is not, you're wrong, you deserve to go to hell. The classic description is one beggar telling another where he's found bread. Now, I 
feel so deeply about um, the problem of death that afflicts us all in all kinds of different ways and that event of Jesus dying on the cross and rising again from the dead is good news for a dying world. Now what I'd like to say to you is I commend it to you. I'd love to try and persuade you of it um, but, but it, that'll take time, of course. Okay, I would recommend to you sleeping in next Sunday morning. Okay, Peter. Now, I think and, I and sat I'll, in the... I'll take you up. Peter Fitzsimons, I sat in the same chapel and I think I got to 233 bricks as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, look, we've, we've got a question here and you don't, don't feel the need to answer it. But uh, do you send your kids to a Christian school yes, and, if so, and if so, why? Because it's a very fine school. So what would you expect and of those... And, and I also want my kids to have cultural literacy in understanding you know, the broad brushstrokes of Christianity as I want them to understand the broad brushstrokes of Islam and the world that they live in. So in the Judeo-Christian culture and all the rest of it, I do want them to have that literacy, although I think it's a fantastic thing in the introduction of ethics classes. Um, you know, how, how, how religious classes, scriptures, survived in public schools for so long, I'll never know, but it's a wonderful thing that people of courage, politicians of courage, even though they're quite outgoing, they'll be gone within th- two or three weeks, um, <laughs> you know, actually put their signature on something that was long overdue. Okay. Um, Peter Bolt, and last sort of opportunity to get your SMS questions in. Was the Bible written contemporaneous with events? Uh, well, you'd have to say which bit of the Bible you're talking about. I mean, we've got a book that's a collection of uh, 66 uh, books written over a long period of time. If you're talking about the, the New Testament, were that, were, were that was, was, the New, was the Gospels, because I'm talking about Jesus, was, why don't we focus in on there, was it written contemporaneous with the events? It, it picks up on, the Gospels pick up on eyewitness testimony. Uh, they were written in, in close time, not exactly at the right time, but they were written within decades of the events that it reports about and in ancient history terms that's quite close. Now let me ask another question. I mean from your own personal experience and uh, I'm sure you've had the experience of loved ones, friends facing the reality of death and crossing over. Uh, John, what, what do you share? I mean what comfort, what hope, what's your message? That there is somewhere to go. That this, is the, the, this life you're living now and that, that is ending for you is a temporary one. And you've come here to learn a lesson. Hopefully you've learned your lesson, whatever that's supposed to be, your life purpose. But there is a place to go on the other side. When you see the white light that, that um, our, our, our famous uh, friend Mr Packer didn't see, because he didn't die by the way, um, when you see the light you go for it because that's where we've got to go. Here is the answer, camera one on me. It always is funny. <laughs> the uh, great Russian writer Vladimir Nabokov, one of my favourite phrases, he said, common sense tells us that our existence is but a brief crack of light between two eternal walls of darkness. So that's my notion. Darkness, this tiny crack of light that we call our life, darkness. So therefore, what that motivates me to do, I want my crack of light to be a rainbow crashing into a kaleidoscope. I want colour, I want movement, I want to suck the marrow out of the juice of life with every day I've got here. If I felt there was an eternal life waiting for me, if this was just a dress rehearsal for something, why would I bother? It doesn't really matter, you just drift along. So the problem of thinking there's an afterlife is people can just drift along because they're going to drift off up to heaven anyway. Whereas if you think this is it, this is now, this is no dress rehearsal, folks, this get the most out of this day, I think there's the potential to not live a better life, but you can have better fun on a Saturday night. So, Peter Bolt, what do you say? Uh, There is somewhere to go and Jesus is the one who will take you there. 
and uh, in this brief crack of light that we have. You've just been reading out every sermon you've got, haven't you? I've only got one. <laughs> but, um, I mean, to, to respond to the brief crack of light thing, this life is a, a limited time, but in fact, um, by, by, uh, when you see Jesus rose from the dead so that we might have life eternal, that actually floods this life with meaning as well and purpose and direction and, uh, and, and it actually shapes things so that the actions that you take place in this world are most important for the world to come as well. So it's not as if it's either or, it actually is an enriching uh, experience of this world to know the living God who's made us and put us here to serve him but and others. Aren't Peter's comments in some sense justified that it's led to a pie in the sky sort of approach and uh, live whatever you like now and uh, whatever, because what really counts is eternity. I mean, I've just been in Tennessee and it's just about give your life to Jesus and then you go to heaven and basically, you know, what you're concerned about justice, environment, everything else, I mean, that doesn't really count. It's all about going to heaven. Isn't that a fair kind of comment? Uh, well, that, that would be a distortion of the Christian message, I think, if that's the case. But, um, like, and the, and the brief crack of light thing, that, of course, that takes you in different directions too. If, if all you've got is this life, you could be an Epicurean, that, that the life's all about eat, drink and be merry because tomorrow you die. Okay, yeah. Um, uh, or, and, and that has led to some of the most immoral people in the world, you see. It's led to some very good Saturday nights. <laughs> that's right. Um, you know, there, there are other options, but, you know, if that's, but the thing is, we don't have to think like that because Jesus' resurrection shows us. Do you think that could have been a God moment, uh, Peter? No. <laughs> uh, John, let, let me ask you. Um, when we're talking about crossing over, and we've been chatting about what happens when we die mainly, uh, you, you deal with ascended masters. So when we're talking about crossing over, we're not just talking about life after death, we're talking about interaction with the experience of life after death. I mean, do you believe that those who have died watch us, uh, partake in our lives now in any way? Absolutely. And, and, and how, how does that happen? Because we have them, those of us that are, that are open to it and, and experience it and work with it, um, have connections with people all the time. And um, those that are crossed over, both relatives and, and you can laugh what you like about John Edward, but um, people like him have just brought in, incredibly... Uh, good messages across to people uh, that, uh, that only they know. He's worth $380 million or something. Oh, Jeez, he's done him. well. Good on him. Better than playing football, I suppose. Um, one's honest, one's not. I, I'm, not uh, I'm not going to um, compare on that basis. Okay, so, so, Peter Bolt, do you have a sense that those who have passed over or watch, observe, do they partake in our lives in any way? Um, I, I don't feel any need to deny any of that in a sense. Uh, because the Bible itself, uh, in the history of Israel and in the New Testament times, there was, there was this kind of thing going on. It never actually denies it outright, but it just simply says we shouldn't really have anything to do with it because we've got a word from God and we should stick to that. So. Do, you, do you believe the departed loved ones are watching you, observing your life? Uh, how would I know? I'm, I'm, at that point, I'm, I'm agnostic. <laughs> no, but okay. This is the point. We, the difference with the way we think is that we work from experience. So when something actually happens to you, and, I, and I'll say again, many people in this audience, will, whatever their belief is, will have had an experience they can't explain. And they have had a connection with somebody on the other side they cannot explain. Where's that coming from? You I can't, be, before, they, before, they, before they understood it, about probably 200 years ago, they couldn't understand lightning. Yes. They couldn't understand yes. thunder. So okay, now, so, now, so now all of those religions that were the lightning god and the thunder gods, they've died away because we understand that. Sure, there are, things, there are things that we don't understand, but to immediately attribute it to <clears throat> the spirit world, you know, it doesn't, I don't think it works.
And Peter, why would God uh, make the revelation in one person 2,000 years ago as to crossing over? You've made that the central focus, taking up Peter's point. I mean, why one event like that? Uh, Well, see... I think the more important question for me is not asking why God would have done that as if I can reason myself into God's mind and then explain why he does. But the more central question is, did he do it? I claim he did and then we need to respond to that. So it's, it's more a, a question about in, you know, the empirical event. Um, Jesus came revealing God to us, therefore we need to respond to him. Well, someone's asked, you mean you, you might put it in the hands of a poor carpenter? A poor carpenter, exactly. Yeah, but depending on what you mean by carpenter, because he was probably a, a stonemason, but yeah, I'll, I'll go along with that. Okay. Let me ask the, the three of you, um, in, in, in each of your cases, could there be a change of opinion? I, I mean, you open to reconsidering your position, and if so, what would that take for you to reconsider? And we'll begin with you, John. In my case, it's, and, and has always been the case, and everything I believe in is from personal experience. So... If I experience something that I haven't experienced before and I can't understand it, then I'm open to hear what the answer to that is. Peter? Okay. My grandfather um, was a very, I think it's fair to say, he was a very good man, but I think he was a bigoted Protestant. And it is said, it's cherished by the family, that on his deathbed he converted to Catholicism. Uh, he said he wanted to convert to Catholicism and when they said why, he said so that when I die there'll be one less of the bastards. <laughs> it's a joke. It's a joke. It's okay. He was a bigoted Protestant. But uh, no, the chances that I will embrace uh, a belief in the alpha male living above the skies, no. And I also, I seriously don't understand this. I seriously don't understand. Why was Mary married to Joseph and why was she a virgin? Seriously, why? I don't understand. Okay, look, before we get to that though, I mean... (laughs) I don't understand. Look, look, we will get to that, Peter, but I I just think you've, you've given a caricature of life after death which you can't own. And I'm not quite sure either of the other panellists are owning that caricature of heaven. Which Peter? Well, Peter and John. I don't think either are owning the caricature of some sort of heaven up there with flowers and whatever, some distant other dimension. I don't think, Peter, you're owning that caricature. I think the, the, you take a, a prevailing statement, which we, you could call heaven in Jesus' ministry, was the kingdom of God. And um, it was very concrete. What he meant by that was that this world, there's something seriously wrong with it. There's something seriously wrong with human beings. There's something demonic uh, wrong with the world. Um, And in order to renovate this world, uh, he came to show us the way of love. He died on the cross. He rose again from the dead. And the kingdom of God was about the renovation of all things. Why then was he fooling around in the modern age? Why is he fooling around with Aaron Badley's golf putt and letting (laughs) 200 good people die in Christchurch? Seriously. I mean, Aaron Badley, when he he got the thing, you know, he tweeted the other day, it was in a terrific piece in the Herald. Matter of fact, I wrote it. Um, (laughs) And Aaron Badley said, you know, tweeted out to the world, uh, my parents' house has burnt down but my photos have been saved, thank you God, in the same week that Christchurch is just lies in total ruins. It's offensive. Five minutes to go, so we need to make this very brief. Well, there are... A, there are a lot of difficult things in the world. That's what's partly wrong. The Christchurch, the floods, you know, all these things are, we, we all are trying to cope with. But what they, focus us, what they focus us on is that the serious problem in life is this death problem that we're here to talk about today. And um, although I haven't got any answers to some of your questions, I don't know about the golf putt, you know, um, the great thing to, to know is that God shows that he's ca- he, he cares for us in our biggest problem through Jesus rising from the dead 
And the beautiful thing is, when, when, when you're in a relationship with him, he does care for your little problems in life too. In the Thornbirds, there was a terrible, terrible bushfire and it's roaring towards him and just then it rains. And the priest says to, says to the, in the, in the film, it's Rachel Ward, says to Rachel Ward, the beautiful woman said, God has sent the rain and saved us. And she replied, who sent the fire? Okay, there's only a few minutes to go. Can I... Uh, encourage you to go to this evaluation form. Please fill in as please fill in as much information or as little as you like. Uh, you don't have to put your name on it, but you'd like to know more about these forums, then it'll be good to fill this information in. We'll give you more information about the forums, but also your feedback. Uh, you know, we're new at this, and uh, as you can see, trying to engage people from different understandings. So, really encourage your feedback on whether this is worthwhile and. Uh, uh, whether you found it helpful in, in this particular issue and take time to fill that in. And we've got about a minute each, Peter. And just remember, when you fill in those feedback forms, Fitzsimons has got a capital S and one M and appalling is two P's and two L's. <laughs> <laughs> it almost feels like you want to be amongst the lines. <laughs> uh, so do fill that in. Now, we've got about a minute each and, and literally a minute each. So like liked the opportunity of giving a summary for about a minute each. And um, Peter, why don't you go first? I am, you are, we are, uh, we are Australians. We're all good people. Let's all live good lives, sleep in on Sunday morning and embrace the greatest Christian value of all. Do unto others what you will do, uh, have them do unto you. If you just get that, you don't need any of the mumbo-jumbo. Thank you. Thanks, Peter. Uh, Peter Bolt? Okay. Y- yes, there is something more than this life. Uh, it's won for us by Jesus' death and resurrection on the cross. That's got a promise attached to it that anyone who wants to take hold of it can take hold of him and take hold of eternal life and that will uh, bring an assured assurance about the future that actually renovates and transforms life in this present age. John? There is life on the other side. Have faith. You will get there. When Peter gets there, he's probably going to come across an all black, but that's his problem. (laughs) (laughs) Just embrace who you are. The I am spirit that you are, that's what's really important. And the message from Jesus that most people seem to forget is love. Thank you. Okay, look, we've had, uh, I think, I can't believe it's gone so quickly. Uh, Thank you all for taking the time to be here and uh, sharing in this. Really be good if you fill in the evaluations. You can leave them on your uh, chairs or hand them in at the door, is that right? And let me just mention, you hand them in the door. Is that all I need to mention, folks? Oh, the series that's coming up, yeah. Uh, Crossing over, is there anything out there after this life with Al Stewart? And you'll see the issue of angels and demons, the devil, crossing over, all sorts of topics that we've discussed about today. Open, uh, free to come along and enjoy whatever your religious tradition might be. And I think it would be wonderful. We thank these guys for coming out in the spirit of today. Uh, let me say, John, Peter, Peter, thanks very much, guys. Much appreciated. The recording that you have just listened to is from the City Bible Forum. For more information about City Bible Forum events in your city or to order other talks, please visit citybibleforum.org.